Hello everyone, this is Trevor with T-Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of our Buccaneers coverage. Uh, if you're a Tampa Bay native or if you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, definitely follow this podcast. We cover them to the best of our ability. Um, and this is going to be a preview of the Week 1 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings at, um, I think they're at, but yeah, they're at Vikings at 1 p.m. today. So if you are listening to this, this is going to be the day before, I mean the day of kind of predictions and the preview of the game. Um, and then we're just going to go over and talk about the roster, some of the big moves they've made, some news coming out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp. Um, we'll go ahead and just see, you know, what we're working with here this season. It's going to be a, it's going to be a season full of trials and tribulations. Uh, our defense is going to be the bright spot of the team. Our offense, you know, let's hope that we can actually produce a rush attack and be able to sustain possession drives, eat up clock, and let Baker play within the system. Um, and see if he can emerge. If not, then I imagine we'll see Kyle Trask in sooner rather than later. They were very neck and neck in that QB battle in the preseason. So going into the season, I don't know if you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans have complete and utter confidence in Baker Mayfield's abilities as the quarterback of this team. Um, and we do have weapons on the outside. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, Russell Gage is still out, as well as our center Ryan Jensen for the year. Um, Mike Evans' contract, uh, they didn't reach an extension which is amazing to hear, in my opinion. Not in a good way. Like, I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is the front office doing? This receiver has been the team for for a long fucking time. Over a thousand yards receiving every fucking year. This guy deserves a bag and give it to him. You gotta give it to him. This guy is going to be the one of the only reasons why potentially Baker Mayfield excels in this offense. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we're just gonna be looking at who do we think is going to perform well? Um, you know, what the Vikings are going to be able to do. It's a one o'clock game. You guys know Kirk Cousins. This is his prime time. Uh, he never really sees us to fail at one o'clock games. Only a couple times here and there. Um, but this is going to be an uphill battle the first couple weeks of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, obviously, today, the opener uh, for them. They're, they're going to be playing, you know, in Minnesota. It's a big travel. It's a big jump across the, across the country. And the Buccaneers have to come out on top here. I mean, if they go down 1-0, the, the first stretch of their season is incredibly fucking hard. It, it really is. Not based on the traveling, because weeks two and three, they have two back-to-back home games um, against the Bears week two, and then against the Eagles in week three, and then they play the Saints in New Orleans in week four. That's not an easy schedule. I mean, the Vikings are a playoff team with Justin Jefferson, and then you have the Chicago Bears who are ascending due to their Overall draft offseason, as well as their quarterback, hopefully getting another year into that system behind an O-line that can actually block for him, they might be a legitimate threat to our defense on September 17th. And then you go into the Eagles, you know, this former Super Bowl appearance um, team last year came in second overall, and I think they're going to mollywop the Bucks on, on September 25th, 7.15 p.m. That's a primetime game, and I think the Eagles are going to steamroll this club. I, I hate to say that about the Bucks, but I just think it's going to happen. Um, and then in week four, obviously October 1st, 1 p.m., they're going to be playing the Saints. So they have a very tough first four games. And then don't forget about the fact that the Lions are going to be coming to town. And, um, and that's on October 15th. They have a very tough first six weeks. And I, let's just see the adversity you know, that they can battle through. Probably, I imagine we're going to start out two and four. I really do. Maybe even less than that. I, I don't want to just shit on our team because 
Obviously, the Cream School jerseys are back. Mike Evans is there. Hopefully, he'll play week one. Hopefully, they can legitimately get, you know, some kind of contract in writing so that he can sign it this week. But, you know, if it's going to turn into another Chris Jones situation, but with the Bucks, with our best player, we are definitely not going to even have a chance to win games. Because Mike Evans is that guy. He's literally that guy for this club, and he has been. He's been the focal point of this offense for so long. He's gone through so many head coaches, OCs, quarterbacks, fellow um, wide receivers. It's just crazy that they couldn't get something in writing and they couldn't get it done before the season. Give this guy a two-year, $25 million deal. You know, Give him a bag for a short amount of time. I don't know how much longer he's going to be playing, but at the end of the day, this guy deserves the money, and I can't believe that they weren't able to get it done before the 2023 regular season. I mean, we can go into the roster now. Um, don't forget, we have Shaquille Barrett at that outside linebacker position who, who's going to cause problems. Tenth year in the league. We also have K.J. Barrett, um, who's not bad. Jake Camarda, good punter for us. Um, Levante David's still there. Carlton Davis III is still there. Jamel Dean is still there. Um, Yaya Diaby is a guy I'm going to be looking out for this year. I'm really excited for what he's going to be able to produce. Chase Edmonds is there, I guess. That's not really looking good for our running back um, position. Uh, Mike Evans is still there. Matt Filer, for, he's there for guard. Um, Greg Gaines on D-line, he's pretty decent. William, Go- uh, William Golston, who's going to be a menace this year next to Vita Vea. Chris Godwin's still there. Mike Green is there. Um, Logan Hall is still there. Josh Hayes is there. We still have Kalijah Kansi, who is out, um, which is a tough pill to swallow. Cody Mock is there um, still. Obviously, we really want him to do something special this year at that guard position. Hold the line. Uh, Baker Mayfield's obviously there. Um, Anthony Nelson, who's a guy I'm actually going to be looking out for at that outside linebacker position. Uh, Kate Otten, tight end, who I really think could emerge um, into a legitimate pass-catching kind of possession tight end. Um, Trey Palmer, I'm really looking out for him. Uh, he should be something special, with the, uh, especially with Baker Mayfield. He's going to be looking for those deep shots because Baker Mayfield is a slinger, so we're going to need to take the top off of defenses, and I think Trey Palmer has the capability to to do that. And then Kyle Trask at our quarterback, too. Keyshawn Vaughn, another running back. Vita Vea is still there. Um, David Wells, Devin White is still there at linebacker. Rashad White is there at running back. Antoine Winfield Jr. is still there. Tristan Wirfs is still there. Again, I'm incredibly worried about the rush attack side of things. We have Rashad White, we have Keyshawn Vaughn, and we have fucking, um, God, who's that other line, uh, running back that we had? Running back, running back, running back. Sorry, I'm looking on the uh, the roster online here. Yeah, just uh, Chase Edmonds, yeah. No, either way, it's just not the best backfield, in my opinion. Keyshawn Vaughn has been with us for a while. So was uh, Rashad White, but those guys are, you know, backup running backs that can come in and catch a couple passes in a game, maybe give them five, four touches a game, but they're not premier backs, neither is Chase Edmonds. So it looks like we're going to be doing a running back by committee type of thing, and I don't know how well that's going to work out behind a suspect O-line that just lost their center for the year, probably forever. He's probably going to retire, um, and, and rightfully so. This guy's gone through so much in the past two years. It's like, dude, you're going to be, you know, 60 and not even be able to get up if you keep at it, so I, either way, I get it, and he's 32. 
Um, ten years in the league, really hope that uh, we, we are able to get at least one more year out of the guy, but if not, I completely understand. And then, like I said earlier, wide receiver Russell Gage, the guy that Tom Brady fought to get there from Atlanta, uh, is going to be missing uh, some, some decent time. Um, and that's going to be unfortunate because he does also add another element of speed to the outside on that offense. And he's been, I think this is his third year in the system. So, I mean, that would have been really nice to have him at wide receiver three behind, you know, obviously Godwin and Evans and, you know, let them kind of take helm. But he could be that reliable, you know, third or fourth option. And I just really wish that, uh, you know, obviously he was healthy and hope that uh, they actually uh, recover well. Uh, and then on the practice squad, guys like Cephas Johnson the third, um, Patrick O'Connor, Raquan O'Neal, Jose Ramirez, J.J. Russell, Tanner Taula, John Wolford is our quarterback three, so that's really not something I want to ever see on the field. Overall, if you are a Buccaneers fan, I think I think one thing first is that you need to be prepared for a kind of rebuild season. Uh, the Bucks play 45 to 50 minutes away from here. So this is the local NFL team that we have to cover. And, and it's not just that we have to, but we want to. I used to go to the uh, Bucks games all the time as a kid. Had season tickets. Mike Allstott, you know, Rondé Barber, all those legends. You know, John Lynch, fucking Derek Brooks. So many legends. JoJo Jarevicius. I mean, there, so many beasts have come out of that club. And then obviously, you know, Tom Brady's miraculous Super Bowl win in his first year with the club really catapulted the Buccaneers to a different level of historical relevance. And I really think that if we're able to at least capsulate six, seven wins this year to up our defense or our O-line in the draft next year, I think that that's not a bad option. Obviously, we want to compete. Obviously, we want to win a playoff game. The divisions, are, it's wide open. I mean, they play the, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers twice a year. Probably the worst division in football. They have a chance to come out of there with at least six wins in the division. They could sweep every team. Every team in that division has the chance to sweep every other team. That, that division is so equally bullshit and shit that anyone can win. And now if the Bucks were really trying to capitalize on it, they would have made some bigger you know, splash signings. Um, to kind of make a rush at that, you know, division title. But I, I just don't, I just don't see it happening this year. I think the Falcons and the Panthers probably are gonna be battling for that number one spot in the division. But the Buccaneers, I just, I'm a little suspect about our coaching, Todd Bowles. I'm very worried about our rush attack. We have three guys that are probably not even gonna be able to equate to, say, like a Dalvin Cook or, or you know, like someone like that, a guy that we should have got, a guy we should have threw some fucking money at. And, and got him onto the team because we really do need that premier running back. And it's pretty obvious. And uh, we're going to have to see what we can do without that. But I really do believe that th- this team is going to be very gritty this year. You know, they're going to come out on top in a couple really close games. But overall, I just don't think that they're going to be a very good club. Probably mid- middle of the table in every aspect of offense and defense. Maybe even worse on offense. Maybe bottom 10. But I, I just don't believe that we're going to be able to pull off uh, you know, like a miracle run with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't have much as far as skill position players. And the guys we do have, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, are getting older, have gone through injury. One of them is not even getting signed to a contract extension. There's a lot going on there. And then you have to look at who's throwing them the ball. Baker Mayfield's the starter. 
He's the first guy in four NFL teams in less than, what, two years or something like that. I mean, clearly there's something going on there. I don't really trust Baker Mayfield entirely. I want to because, obviously, it's the Bucks. You know, Creamsicle, I'd love to see, you know, Kyle Trask come out there, in my opinion, because he has the, the ceiling and he has the upside. He's a young guy, unproven. But instead, we're going to start the Baker Mayfield story and, you know, we're, we'll see how far this takes us into the season. I imagine week four to week six, we'll see Baker get benched and uh, see Kyle Trask come in. And when you see Kyle Trask come in, it's either going to be one or two things. He's going to actually come in and do better than Baker Mayfield, or he's going to come in and the whole season is going to be over. So it's going to be one of those interesting kind of dilemmas. I don't know which way I'm leaning. Um, I'm very I'm very confident about our defense. I'm not confident about our defensive play calling. Todd Bowles is a very suspect head coach. Um, David Canals from uh, Seattle the guy that kind of revitalized Geno Smith's careers with us for the ROC position. I, I'm excited to see if he can actually do what he did with Geno with Baker, but I just don't think that that's going to be a possibility. Geno had a long time to sit behind people and just kind of learn the game. Baker was a first overall pick who's been thrown around because of drama, of bullshit, of just underperforming, quality of play. I don't think that he's the answer for this club, especially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you're a Bucks fan, I already know how Raymond James is going to be fucking booing this team if they uh, if they legitimately can't produce any kind of good wins this year. Uh, weeks two and three, like I said, they're at home. Should be able to win one of those games, but I don't think it's going to be the fucking Eagles. So there's a high chance they beat the Bears, but even then, I, I, don't, I can't even say that with confidence. They're not beating the Lions, that's for sure. I think overall, you know, we, we're probably looking at like... Um, a 7-10 and 10 season, I'm expecting that. But, you know, in this week one matchup against the Minnesota Vikings at 1 o'clock at Minnesota, I think we're going to lose this game outright, probably like 28-14, to 14, maybe 28-10. to 10. It's just going to be a very abysmal offensive performance by our guys. Maybe completely wrong. I think I, I might be, a, you know, a little wrong there, a little harsh. But just based on what I've seen, obviously I know Baker was – pretty stellar in preseason, but that's preseason when he's going against this Minnesota defense, which wasn't that bad last year, kind of a little bit of a bend-don't-break defense, but him against any kind of high-quality competition, especially Kirk Cousins at 1 o'clock, I just don't think that he's going to be able to lead this team to victory. He had this chance in Carolina. Let's not forget that. He had this opportunity to revitalize his career and elevate a lesser roster to win some games and he didn't do that so if you're asking me if I think Baker can do that here when he wasn't able to do it in Carolina in LA nor towards the end of his career in uh, Cleveland he's not going to do it in Tampa he's not he's not a leader-esque kind of guy and honestly he's more of a I guess like an instigator almost, but like a cocky asshole. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have the play to back it up. You have to, and he's never had it. Like he's had it one time when they went to the playoffs and beat the Steelers as a, you know, a, a, a decent Browns team. But since then, what has he fucking done? He's actually failed since then, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not trying to bash on Baker this whole episode. I'm just, I'm expecting a very, very low performance quality, low quality performance out of our offense. Um, and I think that it's going to start with Baker Mayfield. I think he will have probably a little north of 200 yards. I want to say a touchdown pass, 
and I think two picks. I, I firmly believe that. I, I think we're going to start seeing the reason we should have started Trask in the opener, just so that he's actually getting that stable footing with this team, with this roster, getting his chemistry up with all the guys. But instead, I think we're making the wrong decision with Baker Mayfield, when in all reality, I think everyone can agree that Baker Mayfield is a high-quality backup quarterback in this league. I, I, I don't want him to start. If you literally took away everything I knew about Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and just put them in front of me, just put them in front of me, you know, had him do a couple drills, you know, all that shit. I'm taking Trask. I'm taking Trask 10 times out of 10. He has a bigger arm. He's a way bigger guy, stronger. I feel like a little more tough. Um, Neither are agile, but I would prefer the safety of the football in Kyle Trask's hands because I've not seen him throw into triple coverage in the NFL. I've not seen him make boneheaded plays and lose and turn over the football, put my defense in tough spots. I have not seen Trask do that. And there's a high chance that he will do that if he does get started this year. But I'm just simply saying, how are we not starting the guy that actually has no fucking proven tape out there? Like, we have not started him. He sat behind Tom. Let's do what the Packers are doing. This guy sat behind Tom Brady. Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers all those years, and now they're giving him the chance. Kyle Trask sat behind Tom Brady for two years, three years. We need him to be able to go out there and get some game reps because that's the only way he's going to get better. And the preseason was, you know, it's here and there. He was a little spotty there, but I think overall, I, I think he's the guy we should be going for this season, you know? And especially when you pair that up, a young quarterback with veteran wide receivers like Mike Thompson, uh, Mike Mike Evans, excuse me, uh, Chris Godwin, and um, Trey Palmer, that young guy. But I, if if we put Trask with these weapons, with his arm capability, he has a rocket on, on his on his right shoulder. I mean, it would be a different, high flying, high scoring offense, in my opinion. I think that there, there would be a possibility of that. I think that our new OC could do much more work with Kyle Trask than Baker Mayfield. Physically, Trask is more gifted. IQ-wise, they're probably at the the same currently for the football IQ. But decision-making, I have not seen Trask, obviously he hasn't played, but I've not seen him throw in a triple coverage, double coverage, sticky coverage. I've not seen him throw the game away. I've not seen him do that. Baker, I've seen that happen too many times. And I'm worried about that offensive production, especially with the lack of rush attack that we're going to have. It's all going to be on the quarterback, you know? We could do this running back by committee thing, but we don't have the O-line to be able to set up different schemes for each running back. It's going to be a very one-dimensional offense, I feel like. And it's all kind of because of Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles doesn't like to make splash plays in the offseason. He doesn't like to bring in offensive guys. He doesn't like to improve that offensive side of the ball more than the defensive side of the ball. When the Bucks' defense for the past five years has not been the problem. It, it hasn't. In fact, I would argue that the defense is one of the main reasons that Tom Brady came to Tampa. It's a sustainable, consistent, persistent defense. Our offense, without Tom Brady, is going to be very lackluster. And I'm not shitting on the guys that are out there putting the work in, but I mean, it's going to be a very, very different season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not something we've been used to in the past couple years. Um, But we need to, you know, as fans or as Tampa Bay natives... You know, just support the club. You know, let's hope that we can get some good draft picks for next year. 
and hopefully, you know, we actually do win some games, prove some people wrong. I want to I want to be wrong. I really do. But it's just to the point where I don't have faith in our quarterback. I don't have faith in the head coach. I'm just overall very skeptical of this season going forward. Like I said, I imagine 7 to 7 and 10, maybe 8 and 9 at the best. But I just don't think we're taking this division home with us. I mean, all the teams are shit, but we are probably the most shit out of all of them, to tell you the truth. The Saints might be a little better than us. They have a better quarterback. Panthers got a young quarterback and a bunch of new players. Uh, and then the Falcons are are loaded and ready to go, in my opinion. They got Bajan, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts. They have ball players over there in Atlanta. And they're going to have X-Factor playmakers out there and just legitimately doing what the Falcons should have been doing the past three years. Scoring points. They have a high-powered offense on paper. And when we play them, I'm going to be a little skeptical, but I think our defense can put up a good fight. But again, going into this Week 1 matchup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going against the Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota, I'm going to take Minnesota over the Bucs here. Like I said, 28-14 to 14 or 28-10 to 10 Minnesota. Um, I think it'll be a very abysmal offensive performance by us. I think we might be one of the lowest scoring offenses in the league by the end of this year. Um, and we'll just we'll just have to see, obviously. But I think Justin Jefferson has a really good game on us. And I, I do believe that the Vikings defense is going to take a step up and maybe pick off Baker once or twice in this game. Because it is at 1 o'clock and it's in Minnesota. It's going to be a crazy, crazy game as far as the atmosphere, as far as they may fucking roll over us, bro. They may just walk over us like nothing. So that's something to look out for. If you have, you know, if you're betting on parlays, that might be an option. Make sure you are following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads at Tea Time Reports. We do have our our bets up there on Instagram. If you want to follow our bets or anything, or just keep track of them. Uh, Brandon, shout out to Brandon making those good bets and those good picks. Um, and we do actually, hopefully, we'll be able to talk about the fantasy football leagues on our NFL Week One recap episode, which will be coming out every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So stay tuned for that. During this NFL regular season, we're going to have a very consistent review system of each week after the Monday night football games so that we can conclude the entire week, talk about every team, talk about all the good plays, all the good player performances, all of that stuff is going to be coming and more. But again, make sure you are following us on our Instagram, especially especially our TikTok as well, at Tea Time Reports. We have a lot of stuff up there regarding you know Tampa Bay Sports, the Bucks. All that good stuff. So if you're interested, make sure you follow us on there. And make sure you follow this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on. It's greatly appreciated. All the support is greatly appreciated. And we really hope you enjoy these NFL club coverages. You know, with the Bucks, the Bears, the Lions. There's going to be so much more coming out this year. We have a lot to cover. A lot to discuss overall. And I really do believe, you know, if you're a Bucks fan and you have hope going into this game, then Godspeed. But I really don't believe that the Bucks have the capabilities, coaching and offensively, to be able to beat teams like this. I don't think they have it. I could be completely wrong, but we just don't have what we used to have in that offense. Scotty Miller's gone. Tom Brady's gone. You know, Leonard Fournette's gone. You know, Ronald Jones is gone. You know, I just think that you know we are missing a lot of key pieces, especially for the rush attack. So I really hope that. You know, we are able to put something together here, see what we can do, but I really do believe that the Minnesota Vikings will be taking out that W in Minnesota. 
But maybe the Bucks upset them. You know, maybe they upset them. I don't know. You know, that could be a possibility. That could be a whole thing where they upset them 21 to like 17. I don't fucking know. I just doubt it. I really genuinely just doubt it because of Baker Mayfield. He is my one question mark on this team besides Todd Bowles and besides the rush attack. Is the quarterback position ready and sustainable to go? We're playing against guys like Derek Carr in the division, like Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter. Two very young quarterbacks, not proven. Really would really wish that we would have seen that and been like, okay, maybe we should start Trask. You know, he's he's unproven, he's young, he has upside. Let's see what he has. You know, I, I feel like that's something that they should have done. But instead, we're going to give the time and the start to a guy that I remember exclusively in his last season with the Browns just turning the ball over left and right. And it just wasn't something I want to watch. It's not something I want to watch with the Bucks. The Bucks are a respectable NFL organization. And I feel like whenever you add Baker to the mix, it's just going to kind of turn into a joke. You know, but, you know, I hope they prove me wrong on Sunday or well, later today. I will uh, definitely be keeping, you know, my eye on that game for sure, just to see what Baker's going to be able to do. But like I said, I think Baker's going to probably have a touchdown, two picks, and if not two picks, maybe a fumble in there. Um, I think Mike Evans will have a really good game as usual. Um, I think Godwin will do pretty well, maybe like five catches, 60 yards. Mike Evans, I'm expecting like a five-catch, six-catch game for like, you know, hopefully like 90-ish yards. Um, I really do want to see a rush attack show up for the Bucks, but I just don't see us breaking 100 rushing yards total. Um, we'll see, but those are kind of my predictions for this uh, upcoming Week 1 matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings. Again, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Tea Time Reports. Make sure you're following us on all of our social medias at Tea Time Reports. And the YouTube channel has videos up. Same with the TikTok. We're clipping up that video from YouTube, the Marino interview. Shout out to Brandon for putting in that work. And uh, if you want more content regarding any kind of sport or music or film, get interactive with us on Instagram, Twitter, all those places. You can reach out to us and, you know, give us some constructive criticism or a suggestion. It's very appreciated, and we definitely aren't going to be a dick about it and turn it down. You know, we want this podcast and this show to be the best that it can be. It's a little untraditional, a little unconventional, but it's doing, we're doing it the way we think it should be done. And we really appreciate everyone that's along, the, along, along for the ride, in a sense. But uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Shout out to everyone in Tampa Bay. Shout out to all the Bucks fans out there. You know, let's hope that they can beat the Vikings. But me personally, I just don't, don't see it. I really don't. But uh, take care, everyone. This is Trevor signing off. Peace.